Welcome to Welcome to Primetime, a show covering the Freddy Krueger-hosted anthology series Freddy's Nightmares, one episode at a time. I'm Brennan Klein. Every episode is brought to you by donations from listeners like you. You get one new episode for every donation. Please help us keep going by giving to The Ochre Project, an organization that is working to feed black trans people in need. You can find out how to donate in the show notes. This week's patron is Brink Bunny. Once again, returning champions, our guests are the co-directors of Cotton Mouth, the short film. It's Danny Salem and Zachary Winsick. Welcome back. Hey, everyone. Thank you. Nice to be back. Um, so what we're here to talk about today, Freddy's Nightmares, Season 2, Episode 6, titled Lucky Stiff. It originally aired on November 12th, 1989. Here's what you could have watched instead that weekend. You could have watched the Whitley Strieber alien movie Communion or My Left Foot with Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Two extremely different movies. <laughs> yes. Um, the writer here is David Braff, who was a writer and producer on Baywatch, of all things. And the director was William Malone, um, who directed the House on Haunted Hill remake from 99, among some other uh, notable films of that era. Yeah. Wow. Yes. I I did just watch House on Haunted Hill um, a couple weeks ago. Um, I used to love it when it came out when I was a kid. I was probably like, geez, I don't know, I was 12. But just don't. Just don't. I do agree. Don't watch. (laughs) I think William Malone's visual instincts are pretty strong, and that does show in the episodes of this show that he's done. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. the the, the sheer 90s-ness of that movie is a little cloying at this point. Yes, exactly. Um, I think I... (laughs) I did, like I don't I'm not big at long like rating movies out of ten, but it was over and I think I gave it like a four out of ten. And then there happened to be like a post credit scene oh. and I was like, Okay, now it's like a three point five out of ten. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, no. You really didn't need to put that in there and you just lost a little bit. <laughs> well, there was a sequel, so maybe did I wonder if it actually set that up or if it was completely unrelated. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I didn't know there was a sequel. It was called Return to House in Haunted Hill, and I don't know anyone oh, who's geez. seen it. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been wanting to revisit this movie um, recently because I also used to kind of hate it. But I was like, okay, maybe I have to just, you know, like come back to it, you know, with a new set of eyes. And not now after this, uh, I don't think I'm going to do that. Well, when I was a kid, I think it was like it was the Marilyn Manson uh, Sweet Dreams cover that they used on like the trailer and it's in the movie and everything. And I think that's what kind of drew me to it. It was just like, when I was a kid, it was so cool. Yeah, I get <laughs> that. This, <laughs> this song was playing. <laughs> oh, totally. Look, that's how, that's how they, that's how they trick you. Right. Um, yeah, the, the cast here as Greta Nordhoff Roscoe, we have Mary Crosby who played Kristen in Dallas, who spoiler alert, if I'm not mistaken, um, is the one who in fact shot JR. So congrats to her. Um, oh, wow. As Hank, we have Richard Eden, who was the lead in the 1990s RoboCop TV series, um, which, again, I don't know anyone who has seen. Um, but the female lead of that show has also been on Freddy's Nightmares, so they have a kind of direct pipeline to RoboCop. Wow. And as the character of Lenny, we have David Lander, who played Squiggy on Laverne and Shirley. So get it, everybody? He's called Lenny in this one. <laughs> <laughs> he did look familiar. Yeah, and he for sure is the actor in this where you're like, oh, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's in. He's doing a great job. 
he yeah. knows why he's been cast and he's been cast perfectly and everybody else you're like yeah you'd be in robocop <laughs> <laughs> but then they get rid yeah, of him so, so quickly in the episode so it's sort of a waste anyways Look, he probably had a similar contract to Robert Englund where he's like, I, you have me for 20 minutes, do what you can. So true. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this episode opens on Lenny. He's listening to the radio lottery numbers. Um, he imagines that he won, but then he wakes up and he didn't. He wakes up to reality. His wife, Greta, is throwing dishes at him, <laughs> which is just opening up right at 11. Um <laughs> She's basically like, look, Lenny, you've been unemployed. Um, I'm going to break all our dishes, which we can't afford to buy. So that's a bad choice. Um, And she's like, you got to bring in money. And the implication is I will never consider getting a job because I am a woman. Um, And look, obviously, yes, Lenny has been a little bit like indolent and probably like he's been spending his time and money on the lottery rather than pursuing a job. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, but also the weird implication that Greta never even considers making money is (laughs) strange to me. This is a team effort, Greta. You got to work together. Come on. Yeah. And And I was just so confused because I didn't realize that like it was a dream at the beginning because they just like won the lottery and then you see the ticket like fall to the floor, and then she's throwing dishes, and it's a totally new scene. And I was so confused. Yeah, welcome to how they treat dreams and dream logic in this show. It's very choppy. Uh huh. Well, that's the, that's um, a good point because he he's dreaming that while he's sitting at the table, uh, reading the newspaper. So yeah, that's I don't really understand where the dream started, and like Zach said, where it actually ended. All right. Yeah, or maybe this whole show is a dream and it never really existed. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> um, but basically, he promises to like actually, you know, like go out and try to find a job and bring home the bacon and whatnot. And she's like, "Yeah, don't come back until you have a job." Which, even if he successfully got a job that day, he wouldn't have a jo- like. He'd still have to interview and all that. But whatever. Right. Um, people in movies and TV find jobs the same day that they ask for them, and that always is interesting to me well he even um, has he kind of seems, for, has the yeah. impression that he's he has the impression that he's going to get the job despite not getting one in six months so there's like this sort of idea where he's going to be like okay don't worry i'll be back i'll be back i'll have a job where had he just put in the effort from the beginning maybe this episode wouldn't have been happening in the first place yeah it's like <laughs> if it's that easy to get a job he just literally has not tried yeah um but yeah, so they, they do have kind of a sweet scene where he's like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to kind of save this. And then Freddy is back in his liminal space. He has these two, like, stuffed animals. Um, and he's like, oh, young lovers, wherever you are, wherever you'll be, because after I'm done with you, there'll be bits and pieces everywhere. <laughs> and he throws them up in the air. They never come down. He kind of wiggles his claws above the screen, <laughs> and then a bunch of fluff rains down on him. It is... It is not physics, but it's it's cute. I also just right. I don't get how it connects to the actual plot of this, like the the stuffed animals, the cutting them up. It really doesn't end up having any. It doesn't play into any of the plot going forward. I don't think. Oh no, it doesn't, Danny. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. I I just kept um, thinking I was like missing something. I'd be like, wait, okay, I'm not gonna bother rewinding anymore. Yeah, no, that is fair because you're not missing anything. It's just not there. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, we do find out immediately that uh, Greta is cheating on Lenny with Hank Roscoe, who enters the scene crotch first. <laughs> um, he somehow has a grease bouffant that is also a mullet, um, which is the sexiest hairstyle. Oh, unquestionably. Um, of course. Yeah, they, they start having these really steamy, passionate kisses, and then she's very dramatic. She's It is very Dallas. She's like, no, I can't. We can't be doing this, Hank. And she changes her mind. Uh, they do go to sleep together fully, completely under a sheet. And, oh, okay, yeah. Do Danny or Zach, do either of you identify as a straight person? Uh, I, yes. I do not. Okay. Okay. So... Is that how straight sex operates, Zach? Like, do you get, like, it, heads and all under the sheet before you do anything? Uh, no. I don't think um, that's ever happened, actually. Um, I mean, not where I come from. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> because, as, um, well, as everyone knows, at the gay sex, we remove the sheet first and then proceed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the sheet has to be involved, but not the whole time. Right. Um, oh, I and mean, also, get, uh, during the sex, she does have a full nighty on as well. Like, she's not a naked person under there. <laughs> right. Um, and, like, and I and I noticed, like, Hank, and it, this isn't just, like, the sex part, but just, like, through the whole episode, like, Hank just grunts a lot. Oh, I made weird. a note about that. I, I said uh, his grunting <laughs> is uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> it was, like, weird, very weirdly kinda, paced. Mm-hmm. Yes, and his whole kind of vibe is uncomfortable, and it is one of those things where you're like, is this a dream, or is he trying to just strangle her under there? What is going on? <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, they're in their post-coital or post-whatever it is that they're doing, glow, um, and she hears this moaning in the closet, and she opens up the door, and Lenny's there. He's looking pale, and he's holding a beating heart in his hands, and this part is actually pretty fun. Um, it's, he's, it's this very broad, sticky performance where he's like, you broke my heart and then blood squirting everywhere. And he's like, Oh, it gets like this all the time. (laughs) Um, and then he just falls over. It's very wacky. They should have run with this throughout the whole episode where it's sort of like, I don't know. I think of, uh, drag me to hell where the demons are sort of like kind of screwing with her the whole time, like in a funny way but also kind of in a disturbing way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that could have been the episode where it's just like Lenny just keeps showing up, like, which I guess he does, but not as frequently as he probably should. Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of more, a lot more opportunities for him to show up that he doesn't. Um, but it turns out that this particular moment is a dream that she had because what you do when you have a, a man that's not your husband over to sleep with you in your house is afterwards you do sleep together, like literally just take a nap. Um, cause that's really cool and safe and normal. Um, but so basically he's like, look, you said you would divorce Lenny for me. He's like, drop that little twerp or you and me are history. And I'm like, okay, are you in the Cobra Kai dojo? What's happening? <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, f- that's how plumbers talk. Don't you, don't you know? Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, he's their plumber. Um, he's the plumber. I should remember because he's always wearing that plumber shirt that says. Oh, he never takes it. it off. Yep, <laughs> with the sleeves rolled up and everything. Oh, so oh, so sexy. Um, but the the phone rings. She finds out that Lenny did have a heart attack. 
Um, she goes back to being very soap opera dramatic. She's like, it's my fault. I killed him. And she, she's just like, you know, sitting on steps in a flowy summer dress, staring off into the middle distance. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's, a, um, great, it's a great line and, delivery. Yeah, I'll give her that. Oh, yeah. And Hank's like, come on, lady. Your husband's dead. Get over it. Spend a couple of days with yourself. Get your head together. Um, and he's just so callous and cruel. It's like, I know they were planning on leaving him, but the man is dead. That wasn't part of the plan. She's allowed to be upset. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, well, I'll be okay once we bury Lenny. And she's just trying to keep Hank. Um, at the funeral, which is an open casket service with just Greta and Hank and no other participation. Um, she basically is talking to his corpse. She's like, it was nice knowing you. You really weren't such a bad guy after all. <laughs> and his eyes open and he mocks her and he's like, what does he have that I didn't? And he gives her his wedding ring and just has to pull off his whole finger to get it off. <laughs> I love that like, bit. Kind of, oh yeah, it, it's kind of gross, kind of funny. Like This is kind of where I want this series to live in this tone yeah. uh yeah yeah like i agree like it was i love the bit of him pulling off his finger but then like hank comes up and like i think he like takes the finger from her or I, which I, is weird i was so confused <laughs> i i think in in reality like she does have the ring but she doesn't have the finger so he takes the ring and he just okay throws it at this dead body and then they leave <laughs> Which Hank is a a monster. <laughs> to be fair, yes. no one no one was there to be judging them, so they could at the very least get away with it and not feel <laughs> bad about it. <laughs> I guess so. And then it cuts to Hank and Greta getting married. Um, the officiant has a Bible held exactly in front of their entire face, so I'm like, oh, it's gonna be Lenny, and then it is. Um, and then it turns out that's a dream, but the wedding is happening. And she gets married to Hank. Ta-da. We did it. Um, cut to, I guess... Well, it cut to a month after Lenny's death. So it is probably like a week after their wedding. Or actually, knowing Hank, three weeks after their wedding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he is wearing sunglasses on their bed, just doing air guitar. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> it's a choice. Again, is this what straight people do? Remind me. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it's not. And it's it's funny to me because like he he she comes into the room and she's all pissed off and then he says, "Get me another beer." And I was like, "So what are you doing here? Like is this how you're spending your afternoon just like drinking beer and playing air guitar on the bed?" It's <laughs> I'm Don't just, you have better things to do? Well, Hank? the I'm the, happy the he's drinking best life, but it seems yeah. The drinking builds up his confidence, and the air guitar is just preparing for the the band that he wants to start. So he do, he has some endeavors. We just oh, that's yeah, right. just, they didn't want to really spell it out, you know, as they do with everything in this show. <laughs> oh yeah, and we, we do learn that um, Lenny's insurance money, Hank blew it all at the racetrack. Um, so he does, you know, he does have ambitions. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's he, right. he gets out there when he, when and, he can. Yeah, and basically she's like, you're a slob. I did not sign up for this marriage. I just have to clean up after you. And he's like, you're starting to become a real drag. And so, um, and then they fight like, over the radio. I don't. Sorry, what? Yeah. Well, no, I just going back to that scene, like, I don't know. There's plates everywhere. 
And I don't understand that. Like, maybe it's just me, but, like, if I could, like, get up and, like, take a plate across the room to set it on, like, the dresser, just take it to the kitchen. And, like, Hank's got other yeah, things to worry down. about. <laughs> it's the same. Yeah, the kitchen counter is probably the same distance in the other direction. They can just refuse right. it. <laughs> um, but maybe it's just because they have so many plates and that's why she doesn't mind smashing a few of them just because yeah. it's, it's really negligible. This does actually right. pay off the first um, scene. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're fighting over the radio. He wants to listen to rock and roll. She wants to listen to um, the news and the news is going on this really long thing about how there's a dry spell in Springwood, in Springwood and there's like a fire warning. And I was like, Oh, she's going to set something on fire. And that just doesn't go anywhere. Um, nowhere no it doesn't and then he puts yeah so i'm like why did we listen to this whole news broadcast um but then the news says that the winning lottery ticket hasn't been claimed in for a month and they're like well the ticket needs to be presented by midnight or else you're not going to get the 20 million dollars and they realized that before he died lenny did have the winning ticket and it's in the pocket of his burial suit um and so this is twice that sorry what no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that two things I just wanted to point out really quickly. First of all, in the radio, they also mentioned that a tiger escaped from the zoo, which also is just completely glazed over. Um, and then the yeah, second... Truly two better episodes. <laughs> right? And then the second point I wanted to mention was, are, is this to imply that he was buried in the suit that he died in? And is that... Yeah, normal? another <laughs> weird choice. I don't think so um but also i mean maybe that was like his one suit so sure i that's I can a good point take that yeah but they this is twice now because she said you know i'll be better once lenny is buried and this part she's like oh it's in the suit he was buried in lenny wasn't buried like he his his coffin is sitting in the center of this giant mausoleum because I guess his parents are rich or something because yeah. I don't know who could afford this kind of treatment of his dead body. I made that note too. I was like, he's in a legit like crypt, like a really, what I would assume for a graveyard, like it's like a nice crypt, like in the like dead center yeah, too. It, yeah, he's 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 positioned like a, a mummy in their burial chamber. <laughs> like it it is not he was not buried. Um, so I don't understand why they're so worried about it because they just have to like pop over to his crypt and just. <laughs> you know open the lid so it's not really a huge deal <laughs> they they don't exhume a body um, which is so weird because when they do open it he's got like worms in his pockets yes they think that this crypt is underground it's not i can see it <laughs> they walked in um unless they exhumed the body and then just moved it to the nave of this crypt but i don't think that that's how anything works well i thought the crypt was part Um, of like the dream aspect when they first showed it i was like oh okay so it's just a crypt because they're dreaming it and then they even showed like a fresh plot in the ground that the gravedigger dug but no they go back and they're actually going into the crypt so like it's just a very odd choice well maybe they 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 did all the like digging up material first and then couldn't get the the location at the last minute so they switched it or something (laughs) i'm sure that happened i don't know (laughs) yeah and then so they're they're opening up the the grave and she has a vision of him grabbing her and he has this glowing mouth for some reason while he's screaming um 
Yeah, that was bizarre. I didn't know what was that was all about. It was certainly a choice. Um, but I also wondered why, like, Hank had to get... They were clearly, like, tall enough to just reach in and check his pockets. Yes. But Hank, like, gets in on top of him... <laughs> And I don't know. I don't. It, it didn't make any sense to me. No, that is fully a decision motivated by what Greta is about to do, because Hank talks about how he wants to split the twenty million fifty-fifty, and she's like, "I don't think so, honey." So she smacks him with the flashlight and like locks him in the coffin because they they don't find the ticket. Um, oh, because there's a part where he pulls the worms that you mentioned out of his pocket, and he's like, "Here's a cookie," which is. Another thing that makes no sense to say, except that it triggers a memory of the. So, Lenny did not. Okay, so what happened, what she thought was Lenny putting the lottery ticket into his pocket, is that Lenny put the lottery ticket into the cookie jar and then put a cookie in his pocket, as you do. <laughs> so it was like supposed to be this clever knows. misdirection, and it was just so bizarre. And that's just gross. Like, I know people put food in their pockets sometimes, but that's disgusting. Yeah, you shouldn't. I didn't pick up on that. That just hit me, and it's so funny. <laughs> so also, was he buried with that cookie in his pocket? <laughs> that's I what guess. I'm saying. Like, what happened in the process of, like, like from him dying to him being buried? I, feel, I just feel like there was no attention to detail about, like, what he was wearing. Did they take his clothes off? Did they inspect him? It was just a very... Especially having a heart attack, you would think that he would get, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They're well, just... like, he does mention that when she sees him talking, like, right before he pulls his finger off with the ring, like, he mentions something about the embalming fluid. Oh, so, yeah. like, they clearly drained him, but I guess they just didn't take off his clothes. Maybe and he, just, like, maybe <laughs> he requested to be buried with the cookie. <laughs> maybe, maybe he kind of knew that something bad <laughs> yes. was going to happen. He's like... You know, I'm on my last legs right now. I'm just going to keep this cookie in my pocket just in case. I mean, (laughs) yeah, maybe it is like the, uh, maybe it is kind of like an ancient Egyptian kind of Mm -hmm. mummy situation where they bury you with all the things you're going to need in the afterlife. And he's like, I want this cookie. I mean, Lenny seems like the kind of guy who wants to be buried with a cookie, so. (laughs) I mean, maybe I'll put, I was, maybe I'll put that into my will. I was like, just fill my coffin with cookies. (laughs) He's got the right idea. Um, but then when she when she knocks Hank on the head with the flashlight and then she just picks up that lid by herself. Oh yeah. And it clearly there was clearly a struggle for both of them to move remove the lid. But now that he's in the coffin, she just like lifts it up by herself and it just well, it's she, okay. She should have never had of She should have never had Hank involved in the first place because she never intended on splitting the money with him. She didn't need him to dig up the body. There was just like, it's just such an odd choice to involve him in the first place if she was gonna try to cut him out of it, anyways. Yeah, no, th- this is a everything about this is more confusing the more we talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she she does return home and find the lottery ticket in the cookie jar. Um, she calls the lottery commission, and then this part of the story just kind of ends where I was like, oh, is that it? Yeah. Um, we go back to Freddy. He's like, oh, you caught me with my hand in the cookie jar. And then he pulls out a heart that's beating. And he's like, nothing satisfies my sweet tooth like a sweet heart. And then he eats it like an apple. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Go, you, you do you, Freddy. Um, yeah, and he does. Um, so well, is, this, is, is it in that uh, little cut scene, is that where the camera shakes? Where it says, oh, like, it's a, he, he says, says, come like, hey, closer. Come here. Yeah. 
Oh. Like the camera, like it's a point of view. Like the whole camera shakes. Like no. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm either I skipped that or it comes later. No, you, mm. I totally skipped it. Yeah, the camera shakes his head no, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the second half of this episode, instead of being about a different character, it's just the same story continued, which is extremely unusual for this show. So, like, go Greta, you know, you're getting your whole your whole episode for you. Totally um, unnecessary to extend this, though, into a second part. Because I was kind of in the same way with the first, um, with uh, the last episode that we reviewed. I was like, uh, I was like, okay, well, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt that at least it doesn't overstay its welcome. This was literally the opposite here. I was like, oh my god, are you kidding me? Like, what else could possibly happen with Greta's story that couldn't have been told in the last thirty minutes? Yeah, and the answer is almost nothing. <laughs> yeah. um, she has a dr- she has a dream about going back to the crypt to bring flowers, and then Hank attacks her from the shadows. But she wakes up. She's, you know, a rich lottery lady now. She has a British uh, butler made Mary Poppins person called Lucy. Um, and so, oh, no, yeah, this part, Freddy, this is where Freddy tells the camera to, like, get over here. And the camera shakes its head. And then okay. he's holding money. And he's like, it's the root of all evil. No wonder I love it so much. And then he's like, mm, you know, mm, 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 like kissing the money. Um, <laughs> so good. I think. As Freddie has always been yeah. driven by money. I think that that was uh, Robert Englund's paycheck for the day, and he was just improvising. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, I am getting paid um, for this. Okay. Yeah, and so, you know, good for him. I, I'm glad he made this money. I'm glad anyone working on this made their money and got the hell out. They truly deserved um, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. And then Lucy Lucy tells Greta while she's in a bubble bath that like, oh, your husband called, and she's like, Hank, he's alive. But she tries to play it off, and she's like, oh, I try to forget I ever met the hairball. And she talks like a you know very fancy transatlantic lady now that she's rich. She's rich now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's how money can't buy everything, but it can buy that accent. Um, but then she has a flashback to her locking Hank in the coffin from 10 minutes ago. And I'm like, we don't need to be reminded of this whole scene right now. Right. It was that, that was something that I jotted down because it was so like clearly just filler because yeah, it was like not even 10 minutes ago that we saw this whole encounter take place. Just, yeah, totally. They needed to stretch this episode a little bit further. Yeah. Um, and they succeeded. Um, she starts to pull plumbing tools out of her bubble bath and then Lenny's severed head. <laughs> um, and then Lucy's like, I'll call a plumber. Um, that doesn't go anywhere. That's where you'd assume that Hank would come in where he'd be the evil plumber and be like, yeah, I know you. Yeah. Um, also doesn't. Does, does the maid not see the severed head? Up? Like where does, again, where does the dream end? If the water's dirty, but... I don't know. Like I would, I would assume that maybe the head disappeared once Greta kind of came to, but the water's still like messed up. So, yeah, it's again. This episode is going to do what it wants to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, including like Lucy's in the next scene is painting her nails, and the phone rings, and she's like, "No, I mean Greta's painting her nails," and she's like, "Lucy, answer the phone," um, because she can't, even though there's a phone handset literally within arm's reach of her from where she's sitting. <laughs> Um, she does answer, 
Um, it's a call from her banker, and she's like, your husband withdrew $20 million from your account. Which, also, it, it, that can't be true. Because if she won $20 million in the lottery, yeah. first of all, she's already going to have less because of taxes. And she spent so much of it on her fancy new house that looks like a bad motel <laughs> and on Lucy. And I'm like, she does not have $20 million anymore. I thought the same thing. I also, like, yep. on that point, I mean, $20 million is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But in the type of lifestyle that she has, I feel like she's already sort of, I don't know. I feel like she's already going to basically run out of what she's gotten, like you said, after taxes and after everything she's already spent. Um yeah, she's she is running on empty already. She has probably yeah. spent a cool twenty mil on this whole setup. Yeah, this I don't know. I guess that's new money for you. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The thing about hiring a butler, like someone to be like a live-in servant to you, is like you have to continue to pay them every yeah. month forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, she has another dream where Hank comes by and is like, "I came by to say adios," and he pushes her. And she falls, like, into the coffin, which suddenly appears. And Lenny's like, I knew you'd come back to me. <laughs> um, but then she wakes up, and she calls her bank, and he's like, oh, no, no one took out money, but your husband called to set up a meeting. And she's like, oh, no. Well, I um, love that she calls the bank, and, like, well, right were... away they know that everything's fine. She's just like, hey, I'm Greta so-and-so. Is uh, someone tampering with my account? And they're like, nope, you're good. But let me just double-check. Yeah, they just had it, like, they had all the information, like, ready yeah. to go. And she also, like, when she calls, she says hello, like, two or three times while the phone is ringing. <laughs> and it's just like, what? <laughs> I mean, maybe she's not used to these newfangled phones, you know? Yeah. She just right, got one for right. her fancy new house. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so now that she's she's suspicious that hank has survived this ordeal so she goes to the crypt once more in her grave robbing outfit of a pretty neat beige headscarf and huge dangly earrings (laughs) um so she gets home after finding the grave empty i mean well it's not empty it has lenny but it does not have hank's body in there so she's like oh i guess he's messing with me she hears the shower running in her house when she gets back so she opens it up hank's not there she blames Lucy for conspiring with Hank and kicks her out, and then she screams at a picture of Hank. I hate you! Um, which I've never done, but I think I should take up. I think that yeah. seems like very therapeutic. It seems very therapeutic. Right, yeah. some stress relief. <laughs> um, but then Hank does show up. He's chasing her, but he's definitely a dream because he's in her bed, and she knees him in the balls and runs down the stairs, and he's also there. Um... And then he's not there, but then he cuts the power line. And so she's coming back downstairs, and she's a shadowy man that she assumes is Hank. But when she gets closer, it's his corpse just standing upright, <laughs> as, as happens. As they do. Um, and then the grave digger shows up. And he's, like, speaking in this ridiculous foghorn leghorn accent. And he's like, if you become – I can't even do the accent. But he's like, if you become my wife, I won't report you. <laughs> <laughs> well that's the and thing is Greta's already set a precedent like she's willing to kill people to get away with things so she's willing to kill her husband has no remorse over her first dead husband and, but then all of a sudden this like stranger comes in and she's like alright I guess I just have to go along with your request 
Yeah, he. it's this really gross, non-consensual kiss that he plants on her. And then it just cuts to their wedding kiss, and they're walking down the aisle, and she looks miserable, and he's just shuffling, and he grins this kind of, like, missing teeth smile. And the suit he's wearing looks like he pulled it off a corpse. Like, it's really yeah. dusty and gross and old. <laughs> and then Freddy shows up, and he's like, I'm one hell of a matchmaker, if I do say so myself. And then he catches the bouquet, and he's like, looks like I better start looking for a bride. Like, okay, thanks, Freddy. Well, I also love... Yeah, like, I guess I don't understand... Well, I don't understand, like, the like Freddy's role in all of these. Because sometimes it's like he's just telling us about it. Sometimes it's like when he's, he talks, it's like his dream or he's controlling these people. Like, I just don't understand. Why are you here, Freddy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of the time he does act like he is perpetrating whatever dumb thing happens to these people, even when he's not. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just um, has a lot of free time. He just likes the credit. Yeah. Also, in that <laughs> yeah, scene, I don't know. In Freddy's like final little like, either before or after he makes his quip, he eats a flower, which I thought was like just funny because like in the first half of the episode he eats a heart. So then, in terms of like heightening, I just thought that was like kind of out of order. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a very hungry dude, that Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so what are your final thoughts on this episode? Was it a dream? Was it a nightmare? Or did it put you to sleep? Um, uh, for me, it was a nightmare. For sure. I was re- This, like like we kind of said earlier, this was one of those episodes where it's like, I wish it had the two parts. I wish there was another story to go. Once we found out it was continuing, I just like didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> totally fair. What about you, Danny? Yeah, so I think I've been way too easy on these episodes because I originally, if this was a half-hour episode, I would have give I, I would have considered it a dream just because the the performances were so hammy, everything was so over the top. I wasn't mm-hmm. bored, but then the second uh, the second I realized that it, this was a two-parter, it was uh, it put me to sleep, no doubt. <laughs> I'm gonna agree with you there. I'm gonna classify it as a put you to sleep, and. Uh, again, as I mentioned doing my research that there are sequel episodes later on in the series, I think this episode does have a follow-up episode, and Jesus. I can't imagine why anybody would have thought that was a good idea. Exactly. <laughs> so, yes, we need more of this. <laughs> well, maybe that's why the um, Gravedigger yes. takes such precedence in the synopsis, because maybe he, maybe he returns. Maybe. So they I guess really we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep y'all posted. Um... But in the meantime, where can everybody find both of you and your film Cottonmouth out there on the internet? Um, you can find me on. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, Zach. I'm talking. About, we haven't. We haven't quite. Even though we're. No, you're good. Even you're though good. we're working partners, we haven't quite figured out our like Statler Waldorf sort of like back and forth. Um, but right. uh, <laughs> yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Danny Salem and Cottonmouth, uh, which I incorrectly stated in the last episode was Cottonmouth the film it's just Cottonmouth film yeah so that's on uh, Facebook Twitter and Instagram Cottonmouth film Um, you can find me at Instagram Twitter and Facebook at Zach Winsick and our website is cottonmouthfilm.com perfect and just a reminder every episode is brought to you by donations from listeners like you 
please help us keep going by donating to the Okra Project. You can donate through the link in the show notes, take a screenshot of your receipt, and send it to w2ptpod at gmail.com, or DM it to me on social media. You can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brands and Instagram at The Burning Clem. Our artwork was created by Henry Hall. If you'd like to support trans artists, and you should, you can send him a commission at henryhall.design. Our theme song's Living in a Dream by Pseudo Echo. And here's what we're going to cover on the next episode, where Danny and Zach are going to run screaming and not be present. Um, after accidentally assaulting a mime, oh my god, okay, um, obnoxious radio DJ Rick Rake, okay, this is going to be, I'm going to love this episode, is I'm tormented jealous. by the mime. Meanwhile, it turns out that the mime is also a burglar who learns that the last people he robbed were also killed. Okay. I'm so, a little mad that I'm not going to be feature... on this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure... You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and hope that it's the best episode I've ever seen. Because this sounds wild. And I'm ready. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, but until that... Whatever that turns out to be. Um, catch you on the flip side. See you next Tuesday. Um, sweet dreams, everybody.